this week on Invasion of the Podcast. Go, Ninja! Go, Ninja! Go! And the Force is strong with us. And Joe uh, defends the Sith as doing some PR work. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. That's not a moon. It's a space station. I got a bad feeling about this. It's the invasion. Of the podcast. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. No! <laughs> Invaders scared. Yeah. So, uh, as always, I, I am Paul uh, Midichlorines Stedman. Really? You want to go with Midichlorines? Yeah, sure. Why not? I, you got a lot of balls. Actually, there. I actually ended up writing Paul Aunt and Uncle, Aunt and Uncles That Die Stedman is what I wrote, but then I went with Midichlorines. And then Joe is always to my left. Joe Force Choke Peters. I almost gave you midichlorians. I know oh, you've been mad about that. Yeah. I was going to do that or blue headphones, milk. Headphones. Blue milk would have been better. Headphones yeah, you would have force choked me. Off. Like, you would have force choked me with your actual hands. That would have just been a choke choke, not a force it choke. It would have been a force choke. It would have been a forceful choke. It would have been a bitch choke. You're like, no, that's what's going on right now. So, a lot to talk about. It's our Star Wars episode. Um, we do have some news. Um, we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I don't know what we did last week that was more different than other weeks, but we ended up having four times the number of people listen to last week's episode than we've had versus any other one. So yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Um, blew my mind. Like it was, um, I, we have so much fun each week doing this that I'm glad that, you know, you guys gave it a chance and, and please, I, again, you know, like tell somebody like, uh, like people may not be all about podcasts, like tell them, check it out. Like, uh, it's just, I really like podcasts, not like just listening to myself, but other ones like on the way back and forth to work. Like it's a good, it's a good way of working out. I was listening to, uh, I don't know, Joe, do you listen to Serial at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? That That's no. a really good NPR podcast. It's crazy good. I was working yeah. out, worked out 10 minutes additional today just to finish the episode. So oh, like, well, that's good. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's a motivator. So people like podcasts, like check it out. So anyway, thank you people. Greatly appreciate it. Just want to go over some stats I found out looking at um, looking at what happened here. Um, don't know if this was related to this last episode, but so far we have um, in Sweden we have three plays. So someone in Sweden either listened to three episodes or forgot listened to the same episode over and over again, or tried three different episodes and got tired of it and stopped. <laughs> they it. fell asleep. Like, yeah. Oh, what a time. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's not like Netflix where it's like, are you still watching? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, in Germany we have two. Um, in the United Kingdom, we have five. So there we go. They, they yeah. represent in there. I don't know if that's all, you know, England, Wales, or like you know, Northern Ireland or Scotland. But hey, we got five. Spain one. You guys need to pick up your game there. Greece, we have one. Yeah, I think that was Kratos. I'm sure he was listening. Oh God, I hope not. I don't ever <laughs> want happy. Do I don't ever want to ever be associated with Kratos in the fear that he will just kill me. Yeah. 
Um, we have uh, three plays in Japan, so I, I, we're getting big in Japan. I, I don't know what that means. Maybe they listen. Um, what was the the commercial, the Japanese commercial episode? Yeah, Hopefully right. They're all like, one. oh, they're talking about uh, Nicolas Cage being the, oh, what was the name of that, that Plinko game? I forget what it was called. Uh, yeah, Rocky Pocky. Yeah, Rocky Pocky. <laughs> Um, Australia two plays, Argentina two plays. So the closest we've been to like Antarctica, I don't know if we're going to get plays in Antarctica, but we got Argentina and Australia. So we're getting there. Nice. And then, uh, Mexico three plays Canada, 27 coming strong. Um, also a random note. There's still 21 States, in the United States that have not listened to the show. So we're going to, you're on notice other 21. Wow. Right, like that's, I think that's, we need to get a board up and just color them in once we get them. I mean, just <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, I, my home state, there's zero play, so clearly my family's <laughs> supporting me. <laughs> I feel so bad for you that nobody in your home state listens. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, I'm from a, I've grow, grew up in Ohio, so it's like I can't. Yeah, Ohio's Ohio's our strongest uh, you know listener, so I appreciate that. But West Virginia, you wouldn't hear this anyway. But shame on you, you know. So yeah. anyway, it's like it's like making fun of the Amish. Yeah, they're, <laughs> uh, they're just like iPods. I don't know what those are. They're like you know? they'll never hear us. Yeah, we so can say what we want. Um, yeah, so I'm, I I want to thank everybody again um, for the support. Uh, that was a super recommend to people on, and keep listening. So and listen to past episodes. We have some funny stuff, and hopefully we'll have some more funny stuff coming up. Um, things I wanted to bring up: uh, Super Electric opened up finally grand their actual opening was this past week yeah you um, went there didn't you yes i did i went there tweeted out some pictures mary and i played some pinball it is a pinball parlor and like the pure sense like go in you can go buy a soda and just play pinball and i am terrible at pinball i found out i'm not very good at either yeah like i um i was like well this is amazing this game's over they have a that table they're called the black hole that's really badass i sucked at it but it was awesome um what was uh having you your favorites there no, I mean, like, there's some cool tables there, but, like... Um, How far does it... Does it... I know they... I Like, they had a couple tables when we went and saw... Um, what was it? Um, well, you were there watching uh, some movie at Trainwreck. the Cedar Lee. Yeah. You saw Trainwreck. Mary and I were there that night to see Tommy, so they had yeah. uh, two tables there. One of them was called Funland that's still at the parlor, and Mary was like, I am not touching that thing again, because she was so angry at the last time she played <laughs> it. Um, but the other one wasn't there. But they have um, one of the, what is it called, Scream Machine? But it was like a, one. Of, it's not newer, but it was one of those uh, tables at the time that had a lot of... Do they have Theater Magic? They don't have Theater Magic, but God. they have a Haunted House one that's kind of cool. Theater it has magic. like a mirror down below that has additional flippers, <clears throat> and it's like crazy. Like you, Whoa. It's kind of like there's a mirror. Like you look down, and the flippers are reversed. So like like if a ball ends up down there, you have to it's like it screws with your head, but it's kind of on purpose, right? Yeah. Um, no theater of magic, but they have the roller coaster one that I like. It's I wouldn't say it's newer, but I mean it was of that generation that started adding a lot of electronics and a lot of different uh, like events to it. That was a lot of fun. But they have a lot of older tables too, so it was really cool. Um, like it does cost to play the pinball machines, which I mean I don't think that's unfair to go do that um it's like your typical 25 cents 50 cents to go till like one in the morning so i think they have a pretty good plan to kind of be that thing that's available later in the evening so people can go and kind of play a couple games go catch a movie go to the bar it's it's a lot of fun so that's cool yeah, yeah i do want to i need to get up there and check that out i i i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll go try to catch a like a star wars showing at uh, the Capitol, like later this month. Yeah, I keep saying Cedar Lee. I'm at Capitol. I'm sorry. It's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a Gordon Square at the Square. Capitol. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would imagine the Capitol is going to have Star Wars playing, right? I mean, like, why wouldn't they? You know? they uh, yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. So um, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, also, then I want to mention um, in passing real quick, 
so speaking of Cedar Lake, so that's probably why I was thinking of that and, and, and Capital and Midnight Movies. We talked about that a lot last week. Um, I was looking through their schedule, and of course they had the big Lebowski playing last Saturday night, right? Yeah. Didn't go to that. That's the first, like we usually do go to that, but there I looked at the showings at the, the at the Cedar Lee. They had a movie called Dangerous Men playing at mm-hmm. midnight. I have to show you this trailer. It is one of the craziest, like ridiculous, like it's just a movie that took twenty six years to make. It was an eighties film that uh, you could tell that they started shooting it in the late seventies, didn't finish it to the nineties, and because of that. It doesn't make a lick of sense <laughs> because of the tech, not like just the because time. the actors aren't around anymore. Like it feels like. Have you seen Plan Nine from Outer Space? No. Okay, so that was like Ed Wood taking like three different things, trying to jam it into a movie that made sense. This is like an '80s analog of that, where you have the first half definitely shot in the early '80s and '70s, and then the second half shot in the '90s with like one character kind of connecting the two because they kind of write him in as holding a phone up, talking to one of the characters in the first half of the movie. Like it's all like it's this whole it's really bizarre and you could tell that um the guy trying to make it was just trying to make it make sense, um, it, so it, this movie wasn't advertised at all. Uh, it, it was just uh, distributed by Alamo Drafthouse Films. They're the ones that did that movie. But they didn't do the movie, but they got the distribution for yeah. more. Like they're really interested in finding like these well, oddball movies. Yeah, Alamo Drafthouse, I guess, is pretty big out west. Yeah, so this is one of their like the films that they had pushed. I saw it like on online a trailer a while ago, and I got excited for this. I, I drug Mary along. She had no idea what she was in for. We were like one of three people in the theater, mm-hmm. and there was a bit in the movie where there's like this beach scene. And the car, this car drives off to the left, and the camera just starts moving to the right and just looking at the beach. And it, there's no rhyme or reason why it was doing it. And I just, I just said out loud, I was like, "Movie, where are you going? What's going on?" <laughs> and and Mary just lost it in the theater. And I just felt like I hopefully the person that the other person that was in the theater really enjoyed it. But it was just like it just felt like the movie was like, "All right, we're done. Let's just get out of here." <laughs> Like it was, um, it just it was amazing. Like, like are they really going to f- film this? They're leaving again in their yeah. car. Like, yeah, um, it's it's it starts off with uh, this couple about to get married, and they're really happy, and they're on the beach hanging out, and this, these bikers show up, and they kill the guy, and um, and the one girl, the girl was like, "Oh, my husband, my, my soon to be husband is dead now. I guess I'll just pretend to be really into this biker, so I can go back to the hotel room and kill him." So she becomes like the street vigilante, where she just like tricks guys into her car and just kills them. And it's like the worst, like that's giving it a way better like statement than what really goes on. Street vigilante who tricks people who come into her car and then kills them. Yeah. Like, um, so you think she's going to make it on the Avengers? If she did, (laughs) her her Avenger name would be butt knife because that's where she keeps the knife. And like, and like at one point, like she looks like she's not wearing anything. And then she pulls a knife out from the top of the, you know, of the butt and the stabs a guy. And it was like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in the theater. That's, that's all I got to say about that. So, uh, Dangerous Men, it was a lot of fun. I wish, uh, and also when I called the Capitol, the Capitol, the Cedar Lake, I'm sorry, I apologize, Cleveland you guys. Cinemas, yeah. Another C word. I asked him, I was like, well, what's how much does it cost for Dangerous Men? And the guy's like, what? I was like, I want to know how much it costs for Dangerous Men. And he, he just didn't really care that I asked the question of how much it costs for some Dangerous Men. So, I... I yeah, I tried. Anyway, uh, that was a bad joke. He didn't find it funny either, but it he's, was an entertaining movie, and I highly recommend it. He's, for He's just, like, I don't got any time for your crap, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just want to know how much it costs for some dangerous men. Um, so, again, I, I wish that had been advertised more, but I guess it was a late, like, a late edition. Um, I, I probably will own this movie and punish people with it. It's so, it's so random. Like, there's a bit where you see cop cars pulling up to a scene. 
that these cars were definitely shot in the 70s. Then you see a jet airliner taking off. Unrelated. And then it goes on to the next part of the movie. Like there, there's literally bits in the movie where it's like, we have to have something that divides these two scenes. We don't know what it's going to be. It could be a plane taking off. Let's just do that. <laughs> it was pretty great. So um, another experience I had last night, I went to finally go see The Martian. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, like I figured, you know, we're going to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Let me go see the other big space movie that kind of came out this year, right? I was in the theater by myself. It was like, I, I've set the bar now for movie viewing experiences. $10 got me an entire theater to myself to watch a movie, to watch The Martian. It was the greatest experience I've had. I don't think I've ever sat in a theater alone. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you have not seen The Martian. Uh Uh-oh, no. Phenomenal. That's good. Like, Like, I feel like Ridley Scott is like one of those guys that, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's been doing movies for years and is still making relevant movies. He's up there with like Spielberg, and like Scorsese, oh, there's yeah, only a absolutely. handful of guys that can still just bring their A game and make movies that are relevant. And it was really good. Matt Damon was awesome in it. Um, it has a very much disco vibe at times. So it felt a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy because it's like he was stuck up on Mars with a laptop full of disco music and he hates it. But the whole movie's kind of permeated with disco music. So you just see him on the, you know, the surface of Mars driving along listening to, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band. It's just, it was really, really cool. I saw a picture the day that was, um, it was Matt Damon from Martian and his little Martian get up the space suit and, and then that a picture of BB eight and they look very similar. And it was like, who wore it best? And I was like, he does kind of look like BB eight. B- so. Um, it's funny. If you look at those, the spacesuits, they look a lot like the spacesuits from Prometheus. And, yeah. uh, cause like Ridley Scott was like, I don't like how actual NASA suits look. Let's just come up with something different. It's almost the same thing. Are we going to do an expanded universe of Ridley Scott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Martians tied into Prometheus, which is tied into aliens. You find but. out that, that, um, uh, who Maximus from <laughs> gladiator was, Matt Damon's great 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 grandfather. <laughs> oh, and like the weird thing is, like, so you have um, Michael Pena. He's also in The Martian, mm-hmm. who was just an Ant Man, and then you had Sebastian Shaw, who was the Winter Soldier, who's yeah. also in The Martian, which I didn't realize because he's in it for like a second. And it's like, so you have all these Marvel people in this movie, and then Matt Damon makes an Iron Man reference in the movie. It was really weird just seeing like all this Marvel overlap, and then they directly reference a Marvel character. It was it was bizarre, huh? And since Matt Damon is married to Ben Affleck, who's Batman, that was just even weirder. Yeah, it, it is yeah. even weirder. Yeah. Good, good movie. Like when we talk, like we're going to talk about like best of here in probably like two weeks. That's up there. Is that, it? That's okay. so flipping. We'll good. do our nominations then. So. Yeah, it's All just right. it's like yeah, it's going to be Dangerous Men and then The Martian. Dangerous Martian Men. That's what's going to be. So um, anyway, so I, I, I know I talked a lot about that. So I apologize. Let's get on to some news. That's my news noise. That's right for the Star Wars episode. It sounded kind of newsy, right? So, um, it does. Uh, let's see here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows trailer came out of the shadows. And yeah. I watched it last night, and it was kind of cool. I liked it. Like, I liked the first Ninja Turtles movie. Um, it, 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 was, it had a good kid vibe to it. Like, it made me feel like I was watching a long cartoon episode, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they actually got the turtles right, like their personalities, yeah. like they, was spot on. They definitely feel like teenagers. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of times they just they do like uh, the, the the action heroes, the four action heroes type attitude, you know. So, but I, I like I like the first one. I like the fight scenes were actually pretty fun to watch with them fighting like Shredder and clear. Like that was the big fear is that it was produced by Michael Bay that it just become a mess because sometimes like the Transformer stuff, it's like I don't know what's going on. Yeah. 
it was pretty easy to follow what was going on with the Ninja Turtles. It was pretty. I, I, I feel like Will Arnett's character was a bit of a creeper in the movie for no reason. Yeah, I and, didn't like. And Megan Fox was kind of like Megan hum- Fox. You're, well, you're right. The human element was kind of weak. Like, yeah. Like I don't like. Uh, I don't like Will Arnett's character even in the cartoon. Like when like Vern would always tag along. Yeah. And then like Megan Fox, I feel like that was just kind of like second chance Megan Fox like to be in a movie. <laughs> Like, like I, I, I like it's just, there's Megan Fox and then second chance Megan Fox. Well, no, like, like, she, like she, I think she kind of like like buried herself in Hollywood. Oh, she burned that bridge initially with Bay with Transformers because yeah. she was being a jerk about. Oh, I guess I got to get paid to be in Egypt for a week or whatever it was. Right. It's like just enjoy where you're at and do do what you do this well, and you can go do whatever you want. You know, like when you have. Shia LaBeouf not, you know, making comments. Like, you could stay in line. It's fine. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, the, and then the Bebop and Rocksteady look pretty cool, too. I'm glad that they actually showed them in the trailer. Yes. And then the they have the turtle van in action shooting some, what? Um, Sewer covers. Uh, yeah. And that was pretty cool. Um, I, it just seemed like uh, this one looks like it's the Ninja Trolls movie that we wanted. And I hope that's the case. Casey Jones, you got, got Arrow. This being like a street vigilante without an arrow <laughs> vigilante uh, experience. Yeah, it's like, is he going to be the same character? I mean, is it like probably? I don't know. Donatello, you have failed this <laughs> city. city. Yeah, <laughs> he's just, he's going to end up like sleeping with Michelangelo. It's going to get complicated. It's going to get, get really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Like I know we talked last week about trailer setting expectations. I'm not saying I think this is going to be a great movie. I just think it's going to be a fun movie. And yeah. I'm looking and that's what to the it. last Turtles movie was. It was fun. It wasn't just like the story I was like not blown away with. I'm like, oh, you were, uh, y- your dad was in a lab with some baby turtles and you put pizza in the turtle bowl. Oh, that's that's clever. You know, <laughs> Experimental turtles, by right, the way. Experimental yeah. turtles. Oh, and, you can just put whatever you want in your container. Yeah, go ahead, fine. sweetie. You can feed it pizza. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, so. Uh, I'm excited, and that comes out next summer. And I think I think next summer shaping up to be a pretty good summer. Oh, movie next too. summer is going to be yeah. There's going to be gonna a have lot plenty of, of episodes. Talk about all that stuff. That's plenty, be great. plenty of superhero stuff. Uh, we'll have um. God, what else comes out next summer? Um. Well, you have well, you have Civil War, which we're we're talking, yeah. Civil War, Batman, obviously. Uh, yeah. Deadpool's going to be in February. Yeah. Uh, aren't we getting some? Is Doctor Strange coming out next year? Uh, in the fall. In the fall. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think if there's any other movies. Any other big franchises? That are um, not off the top of my head. Throwing a movie out yeah. there? No, okay. Um, I just said that's going to be a good summer, and then we have like three things. I don't know. It's probably going to still be a good summer, though. So um, I, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure as we learn more, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. So um, moving on from that, we got to talk about the Game Awards. We talked about last week briefly because uh, it was going on while we were recording, and I had predicted that um, Metal Gear Solid would win Game of the Year. I was completely wrong about that. Witcher, 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 I know. Yeah. I saw I saw some of the winners in Witcher 1 game yeah. of the year, which Witcher, I god, I I I played it for like 2 weeks and I was it was very immersive. Like it felt like I barely scratched the surface when I played it. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to my buddy, I'm like I played it for like 6 hours, 6 or 7 hours. I was like I haven't left the first village and he's just like, "Oh, you've got you got a while ago." I'm like, "Well, okay." Yeah, yeah, I it's kind of feel about Fallout where I'm like I could do all of this or I could do the main story, but I have, feel like I have all these chores to do, and right. it's just like a lot of people. Yeah. That's how Fallout is. Yeah, I mean, then people that's what people want, right? So I mean, uh, but yeah, Witcher one, 
Good for them. Uh, I know Project Red. I think they won like best developer because I mean, obviously, Witcher won. Um, side note: Hideo Kojima was not allowed to be at the Game Awards. Yeah, I saw an article about that. I didn't read it. Like, I just was was kind of like <laughs> that's upsetting. But I wish he would have put on a cardboard box and tried to sneak in. <laughs> that would have been amazing. If he was like... and just start taking out people a little bit. And be like, huh? 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 Oh. Bring you know. <laughs> So, uh, just other notes from the Game Awards I want to uh, point out. Um, best independent game went to Rocket League. Um, I figured it was going to. I saw the list, and I was like, there's no way Rocket League's not going to win that. Yeah, and by the way, Rocket League's coming to Xbox One, so you have no reason to not get it. I'll probably get it. I, yeah, I mean, I might even reactivate my live and then buy it again just to play it with you, because I <laughs> love that game so much. But you won't have your DeLorean. I'll buy it again. I don't care. It's only like three bucks. I'll do that. Um, so here, just some some ones. I just want to give you the category and then tell yes. you who won. Or you, oh, yes, right? okay. But, go um, ahead. No, so for best shooter, we had Black Ops 3, Taken King, Halo 5, uh, Splatoon, and Battlefront. Splatoon. Yeah, it won. I don't Because it's fresh. Yeah. So that, that seemed to be... A bit odd to me. Everyone, the, like, people saw, that have played it have liked it. I just it seems like a very narrow margin of people, though, like a very narrow sample. I saw a uh, I saw a comparison photo where it was like Call of Duty and Splatoon, and it was like M rated shooter game played by tweens or played by kids and teenagers. Uh, e for everyone shooter game played by adults, and it was like Splatoon. <laughs> like, um, so uh, best multiplayer you have Rocket League, Halo Five, Taken King, Black Ops, and Splatoon. Rocket League, Splatoon again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that now that it's stepping on Rocket League, I don't really appreciate it that much. No, uh, <laughs> You're like, <laughs> whoa, calm it down with those awards there, yeah, Splatoon. Right? Yeah. Don't take it away from my Rocket League. Um, best action adventure game. We had Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Phantom Pain, uh, Batman Arkham Knight, Ori in the Blind Forest, which I do want to play. That that game looks really cool. And uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah. So at least it got something. Yeah. Like it just, um, yeah. And then here's the one I wanted to point out because it's such, it's, it's so funny. Uh, best sports slash racing game. You had um, Forza, NBA 2K16, Rocket League, FIFA 16, and Pro Evolution Soccer 2016. Rocket League. Rocket League. So the car soccer game beat the actual two soccer games. I enjoy that. Apparently, they're doing it all wrong with people kicking them balls. Right. So. I- <laughs> I was just tickled by like, oh, the the one game that's kind of like soccer beat the games that actually Rocket are League Two K Seventeen. I would buy it right now. That, that's, uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, and I just wanted to show that we hold ourselves accountable here in Invasion of Podcast, and that I was wrong about my prediction. So, and then and we'll eventually we'll see if Joe was right about Marvel eventually getting Fantastic Four back. It could happen, right? So, Joe, uh, Joe Stradamus, <laughs> Joe Stradamus. Uh, so, do we have? I know we're going to talk about a lot about Star Wars. Do we have a Star Wars fact? Um, let me think here. Oh uh, yeah, let's okay. do. Uh, yeah, I got one. I can okay. just whip up real quick. Seven days. Seven days till Star Wars. What's today? Thursday? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, exactly. What time is it? <laughs> it's 9.42, so my ass will be sitting outside the theater or near it getting ready to go in because I have a 1030 showing to yeah. see it next in week. In your full Jar Jar costume. Yeah. Uh, everything. So In your in your full Anakin pod racer costume. Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what's your Star Wars fact? Uh, so Star Wars fact. So um, 
That might be the last time we can play that too. By the way, like we have to, that, that's the last we have to move Star Wars to, fact. So cherish move it. On to Civil War and it's countdown. <laughs> Civil War fact. Yeah, <laughs> speedball turned independence. <laughs> um, so uh, South Carolina was the first state to secede from the United States. Wrong Civil War. Rock Civil War. Oh, that, that's what we should do. We should do real Civil <laughs> War facts. Uh, anyway, so Star Wars fact: um, two of the biggest villains that are not like. Um, Vader or Palpatine, uh, that's part of the Empire, are General Veers, who leads the assault on Hoth. And he's the the guy in the AT-AT that you see targeting up the rebel base, Echo okay. Base. And um, he's actually, he actually plays the bad guy in Indiana Jones, Temple, or not Temple Doom, uh, Rage of the Lost Ark. Oh, he's, um, oh, shoot. He's also Grand Maestro in Game of Thrones. Gosh darn it. Um, I, uh, Belloc. Belloc, is, yeah. is, Okay. Thank you. But, I thought I was going to be like, no, I should know yeah. that's Belloc. Yeah. But General Veers, is, his first name is actually Maximilian Veers. That's his full name. That's a badass name. That's a good name. Yeah. And then um, the other person who Peter Cushing played, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Okay. Which the Moffs... Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> Grand, the Moffs were set up to help uh, control a lot of parts of the... the um, uh, the Gal- or the the Imperial Galaxy because they disbanded the uh, the Senate, so like the governors and the Moffs had direct control of their territories. Okay, and he was kind of like overseeing of all of them. But his first name was actually Will Huff. So <laughs> Will Huff Tar- Will Huff Tarkin is actually Grand Moff, the- and Tarkin Tarkin actually has higher station than Vader. <sighs> So those two names clearly are influenced by like you know the World War Two and uh, oh, the bad guys there. Yeah, right? no, not at all. yeah, they be- definitely yeah. sound like bad guy names. But Wilhuff Tarkin, Maximilian Veers. That's um, that's some that's some fun names. Yeah. Uh, and so I know Joe has Star Wars fact, but I feel like we should just probably get right on to what the big thing of the show is. That's supposed to be the new Lucasfilms, like when you see the thing on the screen. Oh, instead it. of the 20th Century Fox yeah, fanfare thing? because, I mean, since Disney owns Lucasfilm, right. Now, right? Well, it's funny because I was watching episode four, and I was sitting there at work. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Star Wars now for our feature presentation, <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there watching it starts. So I'm like, oh, man, we're not going to have the drum startup fanfare for 20th Century Fox anymore. No, like, but the, the, don't they actually gun. own the, um, don't, don't the, the, Fox still owns part of it, right? Like, I thought they I owned. I don't know. There's something weird I thought where like, Lucas owns the prequels or something. Still, like I don't know. There's some weird. There's something, but I don't. Know. I wasn't part of that sit down legal uh, <laughs> thing. They, I, I tried to show up and I was asked to leave. Yeah, they're like, "Sir, you can't be here." It's like, but I, but, but, but. It's like, um, no, you got to go. Do one of the like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Is that guy still here <laughs> with your with your Darth Vader piggy bank that you have as a kid, like the big like six foot tall one? It's yeah. like, listen, you know, I have seven dollars change in here. I need to talk to you guys. So, uh, so episode seven, Force Awakens, comes out uh, seven days as we figured out, and Joe will be um, watching it back to back to back to back to back to back. He may not yeah. come back afterwards. He might be dead. So, I'm I'm trying to prep my mental state to be a, a glibbering idiot in a theater. Yeah, so it's. Very intense. It's out of willpower training. Yeah, I just uh, when I went to go see The Martian, uh, there was notes already in the one theater I went to where it was like anybody wearing like face paint or a mask or has a weapon will not be allowed in the theater. It didn't specifically say Star Wars though on the sign, (laughs) 
and it made me wonder, like, what other movies are you talking about? Like, just like, oh, I'm wearing my full Alvin the Chipmunks outfit for uh, Chip, like Alvin the Chipmunks ch- uh, Chip Road Chip road coming chip. up. Yeah, it's like, That's sorry, funny. sir, you cannot be uh, cannot be full size Alvin in the theater. You know, like, yeah. um, so I, I, that that makes me think too. Do you remember whenever episode one? first came out yeah well there was a big story i remember hearing somewhere about there was a guy walking through a theater i think it was in florida dressed as darth maul and there was uh two guys dressed as qui-gon and obi-wan that just saw this guy and started fighting with him and no one thought twice about because everyone thought they were just kidding around but those two kicked that guy's ass like to the point to where like he like like he's like seriously guys like these these two guys are beating me up but no one thought twice about it because they saw Jedi's fighting a you know a, like a, a Sith master it happens yeah it <laughs> happens you're you're just like and those people probably like holding their kids like thank God those Jedi showed up <laughs> so um I I don't know how to to jump in to start with this I mean you I think we've talked about like a lot of times in the show I mean, obviously with Star Wars facts but even going back oh. to the first episode that we did talking about like your like your love of, of star Wars was kind of like your big gateway drug to everything else yeah. that you hold dear, you know? So I kind of, I kind of want to leave this, this part to you talking about like, you know, it, you're a week away from a brand new star Wars movie. This is a unique experience. Well, kind of unique. So star Wars is bad as it sounds like star Wars was like, like bred into me when I was like three. Um, because like, that was almost like my babysitter. Uh, like my mom, yeah, grandma to- Tarkin, Grandma Tarkin, she would watch me. <laughs> My mom would drop me off at Grandma Tarkin's. But no, like, I seriously, like, that was what I was, like, uh, like I would go over to the neighbors and my, while my mom was at work, because somebody had to watch me, I was three, and they would watch Star Wars, because they were all in there, they were all teenagers, and they thought that was the coolest thing since sliced bread. So they would fire up Star Wars and, and watch that. Um, I, I don't know how they had, I think they had laser discs. Okay. You know, because um, I know like they had a sm- they had some business. It was a small business that their parents owned, and they worked out of the house, and it was the office was in the house. I remember that. But we would watch Star Wars over and over and over again, and I got to know the characters and like it a lot. And then that, that just became my big thing, you know, because when I was a kid, I was into GI Joe and He Man. But Star Wars was probably the first real live action movie that gripped me, and I was like amazed by. And um, and then it just went on from there. Like like I remember when. One time, my mom picked me up from uh, from school one day, and we went to go see Return of the Jedi. That was the first Star Wars movie I was able to go see in the theater hmm. um, because all the other ones had kind of pulled out. When yeah, I, I think I saw Jedi in the theater too as a kid. Yeah, yeah, and that was super exciting. It was like right before they pulled Jedi out of the theater, so I got. To so, see it's Jedi our Star Wars street cred right there. We saw Jedi before it was cool. <laughs> There's a lot of people that'll like like tell me be like, "Yeah, well, I saw the original in '77." I'm like, "All right, that's cool." <laughs> Rubbing in, yeah. But um, no, and and it's like a lot of things like with the mythology of Star Wars always resonated really well with me. Um, I was talking to one of my friends the other day. He's a huge Trek fan, and you know I respect the Trek, but I'm not a a big Star Trek fan. And we were talking about how you know Star Wars has, has come to where it is right now, and how Star Trek Star Trek fans. And Star Trek, Star Wars fans are so different, and you, they're, it's sci-fi. But you have Star Trek is so much more serious and scientific based. You have Trek nerds that love, 
you know, the physics of the way things work in that universe or mm-hmm. the, the blueprints of the technology of a ship. The science will always find its way out. And, like, that will always be the solution. Yeah. You just got to apply your mind and, and use, like, use the human element of, like, we're going to solve a problem, mm-hmm. and this is what's going to happen. As strange and weird as the universe is, we can find a solution for it. And, like, the diplomacy of Star Trek and, like, just the the events that happen and the tension between races and species and things like that. And that's, like, that's what resonates with them but then you look at star wars and star wars is so much more fantastical you have the force which is mystical which they tried to ruin um <laughs> and and then what i don't know what you're talking about uh, whatever liam neeson was talking yeah. into a razor oh yeah he's talking into a, a face uh, razor yeah like, that that thing he's talking into was in, a disposable razor yeah, it was a disposable razor it was, it was a ladies a, razor it, was it yeah, yeah it was like there was a big ladies <laughs> razor and it was like that was the end of it they just busted the razor off yeah and he's talking into that i'm never you know even when i went inside the theater i'm like that looks like a razor <laughs> i'm like you're terrible at props but i like to think they're just like we need something for the talk yeah, into. Quick, it's like talk into it's this like, we have a boom mic that's not good enough yeah. we have to here let's give him a razor well what about this pencil like no no no, no. has to look futuristic but no. kind of not he can't look like a game show host <laughs> give him bob barker's little little tiny <laughs> pencil like, yeah. microphone <laughs> I think the kid has a lot of midi chlorines and a new car. And again, I want you to step right up and I want you to spin that wheel <laughs> with doot, the power doot, of doot, the doot, force. Doot, doot. How does this kid keep getting it to land on one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one dollar. Okay, oh. Anakin, go stand over there. Anyway, <laughs> so you want a vacation to the lava planet? <laughs> you wait. We don't have a vacation package to Alderaan anymore. Yeah. Why not? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Sorry. So, <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? Why did you do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I was. Uh, I, I made you go over to the dark side. You know, another. Okay, that was wonderful. I'm going to keep going with it, though. No, because I downloaded the new Star Wars app, and this scared the sh- the crap out of me. Because like, <laughs> it scared the Sith out of you. It did. It scared the Sith out of me. Because like, I looked at it, and it does the weather. It's cool. It, like, it'll have all these different things. Like. And uh, one of the things is it'll, it'll it'll have a little area for the weather, but it's like a Star Wars UI interface, and it's like 59 degrees outside. Feels like Alderaan, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's not good. <laughs> like, I don't want anything to feel like Alderaan. No. Um, but, I mean, unless that means Jimmy Smith is coming to save you, then, then you're okay with it. So, what? oh, the... <laughs> the Metachlorians you ruined. I totally don't know. I, You're talking about Star Trek versus Star Wars, right. and how like you have a lot of mystical. I'm sorry. Yeah, like it, I mean, it's it, it's so, it's a fantasy epic in the garb of like um, the spaceships and light swords. It's it's space opera. It's it's more it, fantasy than it is science. There's like <laughs> you can look at the Millennium Falcon and like it's um, a live action concept album from the 70s, right? Um. And or you could look at the Millennium Falcon and you could look at its specs and they make blueprints for it, but it's not as excited as about exciting as how people get excited about the Enterprise specs. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so it's a little little different. Like the technical stuff is not as questionable. It's like, you know, like in in Star Trek they'll question like you know it's like okay how does the how does the um the dark matter engine core work? Yeah, you know it's like what is the science behind that? In um. Star or in Star Wars, it's like you just jump to light speed. You got a hyperspace drive. <laughs> no, the blueprint is engine. It's engine. Like <laughs> hyperspace drive. Go get it from Watto. Go button. You're good. Yeah. So, but 
No, I and think, I, I yeah. think like, and we were talking about this earlier. It's like Star Wars itself, and you used to think it was like a BS statement that it was its own. Well, someone someone said recently that Star Wars is its own genre, and I yeah. and on the surface of it, I, I did call bullshit on it because it's like that. That's just an easy catch all to be like, oh, we're different and better. We're our own thing. But then you think about it. It has like you know it, and this is going to get something I was going to say later. But it has clear cut good guys, bad guys. It has the hero, the hero's journey of like the you know a regular guy finding out he has a greater purpose. Um, and then you also have there are shades of romance in it. You have the the characters that are in the gray area. The like you know like I'd say Boba Fett isn't evil. He's just a hired gun. And then you then you have like the opposite of that it's Han Solo. That's a hired gun, but actually has a conscience. You know to it. So it's like you have there's a pretty wide sweep. I mean you have the mafia element with the huts, and then you have like the imperial stuff too, and it's it, it appeals to everybody. So it does have it could be whatever it wants to be in terms of a genre. Yeah, and they 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 have so much. Like you said, like there's an underworld element. There's mobsters that you can you can follow. You can follow the huts. You can follow the scoundrels. Yeah, Tatooine's just nothing but a western planet. Is all it really is. It's just a western. You could follow the diplomacy of everything that goes on with the Senate. I mean. I think the Clone Wars TV show does such a good job of giving you a grander scope of the Star Wars universe like that. Because there were episodes that I watched of the Clone Wars, which I recently just found out that Netflix puts them out of order. Oh. Because, like, I started rewatching Clone Wars, and, like, I was, like, watching an episode. I'm like, I don't remember any of this happening. And, like, apparently there's a list online you have to, like, watch in order because they were aired out of order, too. Oh, wow. That's messed up. Yeah, but anyway, but like there were episodes where it just centered on clone troopers and in the war, mm -hmm. like, and it was very, it was very sci-fi, but it was also very like, I don't want to say Full Metal Jacket, but it was very like, like you know, you basically just have a, a squad of soldiers that are trying to survive, yeah, and the personality, and there's a humanity to it, okay, and it's like that right there was like I'm like this is cool this is a good story it doesn't involve la it doesn't involve laser swords and and people force choking each other and it everything doesn't have to be jedi 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 well, sith 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 brief aside republic commando remember that game yeah and that was just dealing with a clone trooper unit that went out to go investigate something and it went yeah, sideways yeah that was a great concept because it, it was a four four man it team was, yeah and it was a first person shooter but it was all dealing with clone troopers so it was a military shooter but set in like star wars yeah and that shows you, and also like coming up with Rogue One, which I'll be honest, I think I'm really, really excited for Rogue One. I am too. Because I'm Rogue curious how they're going to go with the world post-Jedi. Because yeah. that's the whole, it comes after... Um, Seven. Yeah. No, no. It, com no it comes after uh, six, Three? right? Three? Does it come after three? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't know. I mean, there's a bit when there's no Jedi, so I think it comes after three. I think it's before A New Hope, right? So I think you're right. Yeah. So it's like this whole post-Order 66, like there's no force left, supposedly. But Yeah, I'm excited for that. But the fun thing about Star Wars is is it is it's hit... I think it's bridged generations. It's bridged, um, like... Uh, different countries and different different people who sci-fi wouldn't even reach. Like yeah. if you ask somebody that doesn't know anything about movies that you know they're they know enough to to say that they've gone to a theater a few times. People can identify Darth Vader. Yes. People can identify a lightsaber. Everybody like even people that I know that that are like completely I don't watch Lord of the Rings. I don't watch Star Wars or anything like that. With the new Star Wars movie coming out, they're a little bit excited. And everybody always is like, oh, yeah, the new Star Wars is called Luke, I am your father. Like, everybody quotes yeah. that line. Yeah. And it's like, nobody else does that with, like, 
Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, any type of other sci-fi aliens. It's like nobody's going to, you know, be quoting Ripley <laughs> like somewhere in China. I, I, I do feel that some of that stuff is pretty far reaching. But I like I was telling Joe before we start recording that I feel like Star Wars is this one thing. It's unique that it is very like everybody loves it. And even the people that aren't into it are aware and probably I'd, I'd say indifference is better than hate. Like, cause like I'm not really a Lord of the Rings guy. Like, I mean, like I read the books, I respect it. Um, you heard my struggles with that shadows of Mordor game. Like it was cool, but I'm not like, I haven't seen the new three movies. I have, I just have no interest in yeah. seeing those. Right. I read, well, I don't want to get it. That's a whole nother no, thing. But I'm just like cast. the whole thing is like people, like people that I know are really excited for that whole Tolkien universe. Right. And rightfully so they like it and that's fine. But I feel like star Wars is a different thing where this is the third go around that is going to be another trilogy of movies. You had the ones that come out in the seventies, early eighties, which is our generation or right before, then you had the prequels come out whenever I was um, I was in college. I was like yeah. I think it was freshman. I was like college. nineteen. I was like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, and so that was a good time to do that. But that that wasn't that wasn't our Star Wars. I mean, I guess in the way, I guess maybe it was. But the generation You're... like the growing up, that was their Star Wars. And there's a lot of kids that are younger than us <laughs> that love those movies. Your Star Wars is always going to be when you were a kid. Yeah, because there were kids that came out, and like that's when the Clone Wars was a cartoon show that got kind of big too. And it was like those are the kids that are more familiar with the um the battle droids and um like Darth Maul and, yeah. and those characters. You know, and, and Obi Wan is like the big hero instead of Luke Skywalker to them. Yeah. Well and, and so then coming up to this now, right? So there's a whole new generation that have never had a chance to experience Star Wars in the theater, which I think is a unique experience, right? So that's gonna be magical for them there's probably parents that are really excited to take their kids because this is something they loved. Then you got people that grew up through the prequels, but maybe didn't really know what they were. And it's like, this is our chance to see star Wars. I feel like it's, it's a weird, it's, it's cyclical by choice because the companies are making it, but it's very interesting how it's been staggered almost generationally. I don't think it was necessarily by design, no. but that's how it's working out. It's working out perfectly like that. And I, I'm, I'm happy for a lot of those people like with the generations, because like I, when I grew up, like, I was lucky enough, and I think that's probably what helped usher me into my fandom of Star Wars, is my mom liked Star Wars a lot. Like, she's not a big nerd, but, you know, when she was in her 20s and Star Wars was was crazy in the early 80s, like, you know, she went and saw all of them, and she thought it was a great movie. Yeah, and my mom liked it, too. I remember we'd go to, like, the local playground, and I don't know, probably every kid did this, where you got tired of swinging on a swing the right way, so you'd lay on it. And then someone take it and twist it up and you just spin around in a circle. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, not a lot of fun budget there. Anyway, so as that was going on, I know my mom, she would always be like, stay on target, stay on target. I don't know what those two had to do to- together, but that was always her thing to tell me right. when we're doing that. So she always was really about Star Wars. And it's, I just remember that. And that's a very, like, it's a really cool moment to remember. This is something that my mom liked. And it's like, and it is goofy and it's fun, but to have like, I don't know. It's something to share. And, yeah. um, and I think people it, are going to be excited for this new one because of the same thing where it's just, it's just a moment to bond. And I think, I think it's best to say that this probably is like one of our, is, is one of our best, if not the best modern mythology that we have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, so I wasn't even getting into this a whole lot, but whenever Disney bought Marvel, I thought I was really mad. I thought that was a, I thought it was going to be like the Disneyfication of Marvel and then it turns out that it's been very symbiotic and it's been very beneficial and everything Marvel's been putting out under Disney has been awesome, right? 
whenever so that I got turned around, right? When Marvel, <sighs> so when Disney announced they're buying Star Wars, I was like, this is the greatest thing that could happen to Star Wars. And, it is. And I feel like if I would have told you that 10 years ago, you'd have been like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I would have been like, I would have been like, no! <laughs> <laughs> you would have been like this? Right, so uh, I so then I got excited, and then when so then um, whenever I found out J.J. Abrams was the one that was going to be making it, I got even more excited. I know some people were divided about Abrams, just knowing that when he stepped in to do Star Trek, he straight up said, "I don't know Star Trek all that well. I'm a Star Wars guy," and I feel like he knocked the first Star the Star Trek movie out of the park. I feel like the second one is more it's more problematic because of the script and the whole like trying to pull one over on the audience that everyone knew what was going on the entire time. Yeah, I. Into Darkness, I have problems with, but it wasn't because of the directing. I feel like it was the story, but they, he made Star Trek relevant again to a mass audience. And then for him to be like, this has not been my jam. I've enjoyed it. Star Wars is what, what I love. This got me so excited for that. And then seeing all the little videos he did where he would see like, you know, like when you first saw BB-8 roll by and you saw some of the other like practical effects that really got me excited. And I feel like he's, he knows, cause I mean, I, you, you've seen Super 8. No, I've never seen Super you've, 8. You've not seen Super 8. No. I, I feel like Abrams gets that that early Spielberg magic. And I okay. feel like I, and it has that, like, you need to see Super 8. I have it. I need to make you watch that. But it, it, he gets that whole, like, early 80s, what made movies, like, good. And I don't, I mean, maybe that's me being an old codger, but I think he's going to nail it. Yeah. I, I have high hopes. I mean, I don't think he'll lens do it flares. Wrong. I don't know. That's the only thing I don't want is <laughs> damn lens flares. But no, like, and, you know, Star Wars... It's it's funny because like Star Wars is one of those things and and it's and I don't know too many other movies that are like Star Wars where things have been changed and people hold it so sacred and they get angry when it gets changed cuz Lucas Luke and it's funny it's so ironic cuz Lucas went um when it was it was when did he go up against Congress talking about how uh things their movies can't be changed or altered because of like people were wanting to take black and white movies and colorize them. Yeah, he and was big against he that. He was big against that. He was like, no, you can't take the black and white away. And then here he goes and he takes all six <laughs> of his movies and just... It keeps just changing them. Keeps changing yeah. them. Like, oh, I'm going to put out a new release. Let's add some new sound effects. Let's add some new CGI. And, like, you, you literally think, think this guy's going to stop, yeah. but he doesn't. Because, like... Well, had, he has had, to now. You had this. Well, yeah, he does now. The, you had the special edition release in the '90s, and then after that, you had the DVD release, which he added more stuff to. And, and then, then the 3D release. I think he changed some stuff there too, didn't he? No, he did it in the Blu-ray release. Oh, okay. when the the Blu-ray blue ah Blu-ray release came out, he changed he changed the more Bob stuff. Blue release. Yeah. So the Blu-ray one, ah, that that one, they changed. They changed a lot of weird things throughout the years, but the Vader thing at the end where he says no when he when he picks the Emperor up, that kind of really, really pissed me off. See, I, I haven't seen that. So why are you saying that you're talking in Jedi when he takes the Emperor and throws him over the yeah. edge? He actually says no again? He, he, yeah, he picks... He, he's standing Does he say there. this? No. No, it's a little worse. Oh, like yeah? I don't know if they I don't know if they take that audio and they <laughs> tweak it or they actually did get James Earl Jones to do it. I'll have to find it to you and show it he's to you. Like CNN and just throws but him over the edge. He sees, you know, he's he's electrocuting Luke and then Vader just looks and he's like, "No." And then he picks him up and he's like, "No." And he throws him. And I'm like, "You don't need that. that. You don't scene, need that. He's already picking the dude up and throwing him over the but edge." But that scene was so much more powerful than he didn't say anything. That's what, that's what my point like. Yeah. Like 
show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I, I I think Lucas is guilty of he's guilty of a lot of things, but at the same time, it's like, and I was going to get to this too here in a second. Um, that there's a lot of things he's done well. Um, I think when he's left alone to his own devices and no one telling him no, that's where it gets problematic because mm-hmm. I feel like he he is such a visionary and he has such great ideas, but when he's not limited. Then, then every, then he just does whatever. And I guess, I mean, I guess it's his, he's, he owns the stuff so he can do what he wants. Right. But I think someone step in and be like, you did this for a reason 20 years ago and it works. Like think about the narrative impact and what you're talking about there. Like, I don't need to have additional, like Vader already, you can already tell, you don't see his face. You know that he, he's already like realized that he's made a mistake. I don't want this guy to kill my son. I'm just going to chuck him over the edge and be done with it. Right. And in effect, bring balance to the force. Well, they even do the pan where he looks back and forth and you can tell like the cogs are turning in that helmet. Yeah. And then it's like, he makes his silent decision and you're just like, yeah, like, Oh, that's even better because it's like, you don't know what he's going to do initially. He gets up and starts to move and it's like, Oh, maybe he's going to like finish off Luke, you know? But, um, so, uh, we, I, I'd mentioned this to, to Joe at some point, and this is not really going to be a topic that we're going to make a whole show about, but I feel like it's important to talk about now that you mentioned that, um, Lucas can't stop messing with his, uh, like original trilogy, but then he goes and does the prequels and then people seem to not like that. So they do fan edits and they go through and keep cutting things out and trying to make a movie that they're all happy with that makes sense right. to them. And I feel that it's kind of odd that he goes and tinkers with his old stuff and feels that his new stuff can stand on its own without much changing. Right. But then that's the one people keep changing the most. Yeah. The, I, uh, we talked about the Phantom Menace was probably the biggest one that a lot of people jumped on. There's a there's a there's one out there called the Phantom Edit. Um, I don't know where you can find it because that was none like of that's, the first first fan edit of a, like a big that was known. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think you can find a lot of those. They're hard to find because they're not licensed. I just found out on YouTube, as long as you keep saying that this is not owned by me and like people have kind of let this stuff kind of go. Because oh. um, I, I also feel like Disney, um, for them to come down and shut this stuff down, is, would leave a bad taste in the mouth of fans. And it's not like they're going and adding anything. They're just editing out, right? So I don't know what they're... I'm, I'm betting it's probably just better to leave it alone because if someone's that obsessed about your product, that means they probably own a lot of your product. And that means people watching it probably own a lot of your product and probably are excited for the next thing you put out. So they're probably just going to let that go. Right. Um, I mean, that's my guess. I don't know. But, like, it's just – I, I was going to ask this question to you. Okay. Um, like, should the prequels be apologized for? No. Like, yeah. I know I know. we talked to, like, uh, what was it, the one guy at um, uh, Quirky's. When we went up, there. oh Brandon, yeah, yeah he's, Brandon. The, the, he runs he runs karaoke there. Does the Star Wars day? That's where yeah. you got your uh, awesome Greedo bobblehead that you Greedo, won for Star yes. Wars uh, trivia for trivia. Which I'm going to get another one next year. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like you know, he likes the prequels. Yeah, you know, and there's there's a lot of elements I like about the prequels. Like, and and I mean, I could I could sit here and talk about like Episode One, Two, and Three and tell you what I don't like and what I do like. You know, and there's some things where people be like, "What? What's wrong with you?" Like, I like the pod race scene. I think, I think other than the the kid talking out loud, yeah. that whole scene's edited well. It's tense and it's awesome. It it adds a good a good. Oh, ex- and I don't need the two headed talking uh, race Greg, commentator. Greg Proops. Greg, what's his was, name? Was it Greg Proops? Yeah, that's Greg. Oh, Proops. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I like him. I don't need him there in that movie. <laughs> you're like, oh, I like that. I'm guy. cool with Willow cheering him on. You yeah. Know, but other <laughs> when Willow's like, oh yeah. Um, but no, like the pod race scene, I enjoyed a lot. Um, I enjoyed the, the, you know, the Jedi stuff with Anakin and Obi Wan, or I'm sorry, with, with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Um, you know, the Darth Maul fight's amazing. 
and Darth Maul, my God. I will never forget when that trailer came out and like when he busted out those light the double bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Um I really, really wish they would have kept that under wraps so that my mind could have blown out the back of my head. In I the wish theater. they kept that under wraps and I wish they I know they brought him back in the whole cartoon. Yeah. But like I felt like that was a big misstep. It's like you should have kept him around because he was scary as all get out. Didn't talk a whole lot, which made his motives even creepier. Well, even and he would have been like a big antagonist throughout all of it. I love the scene where Qui Gon is meditating in between the force field, and you just see Maul like pacing like, Back, an, like, animal, like an animal, like at the angry, zoo, yeah, angry, just waiting. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm just going to light you up. It was a good moment. It was, it was a, good a good moment. moment. Like like Ray Park sold it. Like Liam Neeson sold it because he had a particular set of skills and he was meditating on them and he was about to <laughs> about to throw down. <laughs> He's like, I got some glass bottles from the plane yeah. right here. And I got a lady's razor that I would talk into the <laughs> yeah. entire time. He's you like, don't know what's going to happen. Come on. End movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he, oh. and the credits roll. It's just uh, it's just Darth Maul and two halves lying over top of him. And you don't know, like, are they what both happened? dead? Who, what happened? Did he kill them? Did he kill them with those mini bottles? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's, then, that's the, the, the gray Star Wars episode one mashup. You know, that's I, the, yeah. and like episode three, I liked a lot. I think episode three, I liked the most out of all of them. It um, felt the most Star Wars. The only thing I really hated about episode three was the transition from Palpatine into Sidious. I felt that, like that was kind of useless. I yeah. felt like the whole Sidious transition scene was terrible. I thought the choreographing was terrible for Sidious's lightsaber fighting. Um, oh, and, and um, Sam Jackson went out like a bitch. Like, oh, like, like yeah. Just, uh, oh my God, yeah. Just, and he, you don't, you don't have him there. You don't have Mace Windu there and have him be thrown out a window. Like, you need. To, I, I don't. I really wanted him to fight Vader and Sidious at the same time and just go down fighting. Like yeah, that, that would have been that would have been sweet. that would have been awesome if Anakin started fighting. They, yeah, yeah. Like, see a lightsaber? What's it say on it? It says. Nah. <laughs> we know what it says. <laughs> we know what it says. But yeah, and I mean. I, I, I don't want anybody to apologize for the prequels. I mean, you know, we all, everybody hates Jar Jar. It happened. Get over it. You know, I think I think Lucas picked up the message because after the next two movies, I mean. He was there but didn't say He had lot. like maybe two lines. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was no longer, I'm going to tag along as the comic relief. Kind of like how they did with 3PO because like 3PO was always there to be like, you know, the buzz kill. Like, oh, you're making out with this girl in the Millennium Falcon? Be like, hey. I'm gonna block you. <laughs> like, well, I think I think Lucas, like as much as people are agitated by Jar Jar Binks, which I I'm, I'm not saying it's un, ungrounded or unfounded. What I what I think though is that he understood that he was making movies for families and kids. He did, and I think people sometimes forget that this is supposed to be. He was making like something for everybody to watch, and the Gungans were entertaining for little kids. They like, were they were clumsy. They, they were good natured. Like I could see how kids would like them initially. I mean, as you get out, get older, you realize maybe not so much. Yeah, and even even on the surface, Gungans aren't aren't necessarily bad. It's just that they were just annoying. Yeah, you know. Um, it, it I, you're right though, because like the first the first original trilogy, like he made for himself as like a space opera. Yeah. The 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 prequels he made as almost like for a new generation. He did focus on a lot of kids because if you think about it, like you have. You know, you have the battle droids, which are completely like I guess like it's a faceless enemy that you can mow down. A faceless enemy you can mow down. So the the, the lightsaber slashing and the blasting, it's like there's no there's there's no vi- there's violence there, but it's not as violent as you gunning down and cutting up stormtroopers like yeah. people. There's no story behind them. They're just like waves of mindless robots. Mm-hmm. So you have that. So it's like more acceptable. 
Um, you know, and then like you've got Anakin as a kid doing kid things like that ending of Phantom Menace where he's flying around. He's like, I'm just going to fly in here and blow stuff up. That's totally for the kids. I'm like, I know a lot of adults that get so bent out of shape about that. That's kid wish fulfillment. If you're in a spaceship, wouldn't you go do all that stuff? Exactly. That's exactly even the pod racing scene and growing up and becoming a Jedi. Yeah. When, once Anakin's grown up, it's a completely different story because now you're not fulfilling anything with the wish fulfillment with the kids. Because <laughs> now he's just an adult. That's that's on you. Yeah. Like you know, the romance between him and Padme was was super super weak. Like I mean, it. Yep. Yeah. It felt really awkward more than anything. Um. So, but I mean, I haven't seen anybody fall fall in love with something that wins his mannequin. But up, up. I'm proud of me for that joke. Anyway, but um. So so yeah, I mean, I I feel like um. This, uh, I I know that you accept the prequels for what they are. A lot of fans don't, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's you know, I it's interesting that with them making these new movies, they're kind of they're they're going back to like oh right right after uh, Revenge of the Sith, but not quite. Like I feel like they're like you know what those prequels a exist. Of, we're not going to really do a whole lot with it. A lot of people play in that that in between three and four era. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of interesting stories. That, like Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, which yeah. is um, uh, that's the series going on. Right the now. cartoon yeah. series that's going on right now, um, which I want to start watching because I watched Clone Wars and like in Clone Wars, what I like, and it's funny because Clone Wars went for like five or six seasons, mm-hmm. and um, in Clone Wars, it takes place before Episode three, and a ton of stuff happens like between two and three, and it's just like it's overwhelming between the two movies to think that that's between the two movies, hmm. but it is. And Anakin gets Ahsoka, his his Padawan. Oh yeah, the the, if, um, the the Twilight. Yeah, no, she's a um, God. I can't pronounce it. It starts oh. with like a Q. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I thought it's just Twilight. Oh, I'm gonna. It's, it's, it's gonna yeah. bother me. No, she's not a Twilight. That's actually like a headdress. They have a headdress that's like bones. But it's like a uh, the Twilights have their Liku. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'll stop right now. Oh, that was wonderful. I love it. So no, keep going. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they're watching the peacocks in the wild. Be like, look at look what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. It's Joe. Look at him. He's starting Joe. to talk about Star Wars. He's, he's going. Shh, he's going talk, full nerd. Yeah. His peacock tail's out. Yeah. Um, the peacock tail. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, anyway, but uh, Ahsoka, like, at first I didn't like Ahsoka. I thought she was, like, a, like a, like a terrible addition, like, to the, it was another one of those, like, kid wish fulfillments, but then she really grew on me, because her character really started to grow. Okay. And something has to happen to Ahsoka, I'm sure they explain it, but I haven't gotten caught up, but something has to happen to Ahsoka why she's not in episode three. Yeah. So, he loses his paladin, obviously, but then she's in Rebels. Like, somehow she comes back in Rebels. Okay. And supposedly the season finale of season one of Rebels is um, Ahsoka almost runs into Vader. Like, okay. she doesn't know that... I don't think she knows that Anakin is Vader. Okay. And they almost cross paths, and that and that's that's what I'm like. I'm like, I really want to see Vader cross paths with Ahsoka. That's cool. So, okay. Um, so... Um, what I was going to just mention here, just real real quick, and then I got some other questions here for Joe. Um, I just like we talk about the the scope of Star Wars. I want to give just a little bit of love to the the, the original movies, even though the, the prequels are shaped by the originals. Um, because though Lucas was the one to come up with the idea, his strength at the time was telling people, "This is what I want," and then they're like, "Well, what about this?" And he's like, "I like that. Let's do it exactly like that." Like, um, like I had mentioned to Joe previously, like we were talking about uh, um, Ralph McQuarrie, who passed away a couple years ago. He was a big production artist, like concept artist that 
like everything Star Wars pretty much is responsible because of him. Like the look of it, mm-hmm. the spaceships, the Millennium Falcon. Like um, he was the one that mentioned to Lucas that maybe Vader needs a breathing device. Like and then and then they kind of came up with the samurai helmet like idea for Vader. Uh, he is responsible for just like Tie Fighters and X Wings and just like everything badass that you love about Star Wars right. and landscapes and just he came up with like original R two and C three PO art like. Basically, when, when Lucas pitched this idea to him, he was like, this is way too expensive. This is never going to get made. So I'm just going to do whatever I want concept art-wise just to have fun with it. And then Fox was like, we like that. Like, we need to make that movie. Which is great because it's like I go back and I watch some things where they're doing a lot of the practical effects with the, the ships and stuff. And it's like, this looks like so much fun to work on. And I'm glad they were able to do this because like, it's pre, pre-pre-CGI, pre like way before like they had... Death Star trench runs that were built in a in a back lot of a studio, and all yeah. they really did was drive a camera back and forth on like a mini scale of a trent the trench run, and it was just like it looks so cool. Well, and then so with the new one, um, Abrams went back and actually went they they started going through, and this is actually true of Rebels and um, Clone Wars. They went through a lot of McQuarrie's um, concept art to come up with some of the new like characters and ships and everything. So they're going back to his old stuff, which Lucas didn't do that for the prequels. He asked McQuarrie to come in. He's like, I, he's like, I'm kind of, I'm old. I'm kind of tired. So he brought somebody else in to do the artwork. So it's a little different. You know, it, it doesn't look quite the same, but with this other, with this new one, they're using a lot of his artwork. And, and I didn't know this, but BB eight is actually based on one of their earlier concepts for R2D2. Cause he drew this whole thing. He's like, well, he goes, he needs to look like a ball bearing rolling around in the desert. And it's like, they're like, well, why not we just do that? And it's so like, I feel like that's cool that it's neat that they're kind of like, they're, well, they're, they're going to do that back to like what yeah. they're originally going to do that they can do it. now. And like I the updated like X wings and tie fighters that look that that's all kind of his original art. And then there's that in the trailer when you see, um, the Daisy, is it Daisy? Is it her name? Daisy? Uh, well, Daisy Ridley is the one who plays Ray. Oh, that's her name, right? Sorry. The character's name is Ray. Yeah. And when she's like inside the big Star Destroyer that's in like in the sand, it's like, yeah. it's, it's all McQuarrie's like, that's like his vision. And it's just so neat to see that they're giving homage to that and going back to what worked. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Drew Struzan. I've talked about him before, like his poster work is like just beautiful. Like really he does like sketches, but then turns them into like, like paintings, like his artwork for episode one, the, the Phantom Menace poster, Lucas loved it so much. They was like, we're not going to use this artwork for any other bit other than promoting the movie as a poster. And that ended up getting shipped around the world in all markets. And that was like the most recognizable image like in like recent memory was all the, the episode one poster and yeah. like he just and if you guys don't know who he is look up his artwork i mean you you know his artwork you just don't realize that maybe that's him it just he He's, has shaped star wars so much as well he does that with a lot of big movies like didn't he do all the harry potter movie he did the first too? one he did the first one and then and then they well, moved yeah, on to doing the well, more the right. photographic they did comp- the photographic composite things. stuff and it's the death of good artwork for movie posters right. and all that. Like he, his, he did the thing, like the one with just the guy in the snowsuit and it's just the bright light coming out of his face. Um, he has a really badass Blade Runner one that he did too. Uh, big Trouble in Little China, like yeah. that was his big, big. So that's a that's yeah. One. Drew Struzan, just like he, like I want to own some of his work, but I, I feel like he shaped Star Wars is what we know it as. Ben Burt, I want to bring up. So they, they're also bringing this up because like also Struzan, he also composited uh, the Force Awakens Force Awakens poster. Like he didn't. Actually Actually paint it but he did the concept like sketch work and they've broken out the character and characters individually made posters of them but it's still his layout that so is, yeah you could tell that it's got definitely got that yeah because if you think about it like that, that's like that's an iconic poster the star wars drew struzan posters are all iconic all of them, if you, all of them. yeah and and like they had to go back and I, I think he commissioned 
the original trilogy. He did. After the 90s. And those still look really, really cool. Yeah. So, um, but I want to mention Ben Burt. He's a sound designer. Uh, he... Uh, He's was, responsible for a lot of the sound effects. Isn't he? Lightsabers, lightsabers. Uh, which, yeah, what were lightsabers? I, lightsabers are it's a television and something, and it was like a weird field noise that he used. And then um, when they'd fight and actually strike each other, it was like a, a, a wire high tension cord, wire, high, high tension wire cord hitting. Yeah, yeah. I and he also that. did for blaster sounds as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up with a lot of the audio for R two D two, like a lot of the you know a lot of the, it's just I heard a lot of it's like actual. Kenny Baker talking, but sped up and high pitched. Maybe, yeah. Because it's like, like, just you think, think about this. It's just a lot of like him coming up with like this weird like little mumbo jumbo that uh, he did. That uh, also Vader breathing was also him because he found old scuba gear and mm-hmm. busted that out. Because he was all about because at the time going into the Star Wars, a lot of sci-fi movies used very sterile sci-fi sounds, and he wanted something very like organic and original origin. And it, and it definitely colors the world. I wish, speaking of Vader, and going back to like talking about the prequels, like one of the things I love about the prequels is General Grievous. Yeah. Um, I feel like they could have done more with Grievous. Grievous is like the, I think he's like the opposite spectrum of Maul. Because you have Maul in the beginning, and you're like, this is a great villain. You guys kill him off. And then you, you get Grievous in episode three, and it's like, Grievous, if you, if you watch the Clone Wars, like the... The original, like, five-minute cartoon Clone Wars. Like, Grievous is, like, so much the more... The one done by um, the guy that did Samurai, Samurai Jack. The Samurai Jack guy, yeah. yeah. So much more menacing. And I feel like in, in Episode 3, they don't really do Grievous justice. Yeah. Because, like, he gets all those lightsabers from killing Jedi. He didn't just go buy them on eBay. And he basically quad-wields... He didn't go to Target like I could today and go buy lightsabers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one of the interesting things about Grievous is he has that, that cough, like, yeah. if you notice. And one of the things, like... Um, Lucas wanted to do was, and I don't know if he did this on, on purpose or not, if I read he did it on purpose, but it, it, he had a Vader-esque quality because he had a respiratory condition. He was like Proto-Vader. Proto-Vader, yes. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was an alien um, and that, that slowly converted himself into a machine as a droid. Yeah. So like all that was left of him was pretty much like his chest and I think like his head. Yeah. So like... And the reason that he has, like, if you watch the original Clone Wars one, is he, like, because he kidnaps um, Emperor, or Emperor, Chancellor Palpatine. Oh, oh, wait, he becomes the Emperor later. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Hit it. Uh, Spoiler. Spoiler alert. So, in the cartoon, he goes, he goes to Coruscant, he attacks Coruscant, and he kidnaps uh, Palpatine, and that's the end of the Clone Wars series is the beginning of episode three. Yeah. Like when they're trying to get, so that tells the story. But during his escape, like Mace Window, Mace Window is just like kicking ass and taking names, trying to catch them. Yeah, and he catches them right at the end. And Grievous goes to be like, "We're going to throw down. I, I fight Jedi." And Window just grab, force grabs his his chest cavity, his droid chest cavity, and crushes it. And that's why he has that respiratory problem. Yeah, and I think that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so I. Um, I feel like Ben Burt needs some some love here. I also Ben Burt too. I and, and again I go back to Ralph McQuarrie. His designs also influenced Battlestar Galactica. So mm-hmm. the original Vipers and the the base stars and everything. That's all him. So we got to thank him for Battlestar looking badass as well. Um, so, but Ben Burt, he was also the voice of Wally. 
Like he did a lot. Yeah, of I know that he was too. the voice yeah. of Wally. And it just every like, he's just one of those guys that when he leaves this world, we're going to lose something magical as well. Is, like, well, just, he did the Incredibles too, didn't he? He's he's done all sorts of stuff for Pixar. Like just yeah. in, like he does all. Like if it's if it's like um you know you need like you need animal you need him and Frank Welker to come in they'll just go and do everything all the time right so but Ben Burt like you gotta I feel like if you recognize the pillars of what made Star Wars great and then going forward it's not like Lucas gives he needs all the credit for putting it together but he also needs credit for being able to take the take, best of these people take and let people them, yes that 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 the, the sound you you know the people that make the the characters and the sets like it's you know yeah. and, the, and the and the amazing thing about that is is if you look at the prequels not to kind of rip rip on them about this it's like lucas wants heavy cgi yeah that's not the same as like you know having somebody design jabba's palace yeah you know jabba's palace is an amazing set well then and, and so i was gonna also mention the last the last one was john williams of course which i know they oh, brought yeah. him. I, like i don't know if they brought him out of like the demolition man frozen prison to come do the music <sighs> for because i mean i don't know how old he is but he has to be up there he, yeah but yeah. i don't know anybody else that could do it like yeah. I, I don't know what would happen like i told you about when they originally they did a clone wars movie yeah they did a movie to kick off the cartoon show and I remember going to the theater. I think I went to a midnight showing of it because I was like, this is this is the last... I mean, they, this, Revenge of the Sith came out. I'm like, I'm never going to get another Star Wars movie in the theater. I better go see this. But it opens, and even the Car- Clone Wars cartoon show opens without the the John Williams score. And I sat there, and when it came through, I was like, what? But no, you can't do this. Is it like an acoustic guitar rock, like the beginning of Enterprise? <sighs> no, it's... <laughs> It's they been try. A long time. It gets. It gets. It gets a Sister little bit of Jedi. It, <laughs> like is it like that? No. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and it's not John Williams, and you totally know it. And I'm even, just a clone trooper. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, I got nothing else. Into the ground. You know. <laughs> Into the ground. Um, no. So um, I just want to give credit to those guys because uh, when you go to see the movie next week, just they think that like. I mean, Abrams, obviously, he couldn't do it by himself. He, no. He's standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, also, I didn't, I didn't realize this, too. Ben Burt also, he edited the prequels, by the way. He also did a lot of the editing for the prequel movies. Okay. So I feel like Abrams, he knows what works, because I, I want to ask you what the over-under is on how many like wipes there's going to be in the Star Wars movie. There has to be all these Star Wars wipes where they always have to do the quick wipe across the screen to the next scene. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. there has to be a bunch of those. So I was just going to ask you though, like what, like I know you and I have purposely been staying away from um, like plot of this movie because I actually want to go into this not knowing because I feel like this would be my one time really to not know what's going to happen in the Star Wars movie. Like you got the basics, you know, there's some good guys, you know, there's some bad guys, you know, Kylo Ren is kind of like, I, I think he's a Sith. He should be a Sith. I, I mean, Okay, here's the thing. He so, doesn't have Darth in his name, though. Yes, Sith. Okay, the way that the Sith are broken down, what are you doing? Nothing. I was just... <laughs> I thought me. you got something queued up for me. No, I mean, if you want to get right into that. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Because, I mean, we got some PR coming up here, so yeah. I figured that would be your PR noise. But the way that the Sith are broken down, because everybody thinks, okay, that dude's got a red lightsaber, he's a Sith. No. Like, Ventress, who was in Clone Wars, she's not a Sith, but she's... She's somewhat of an apprentice of Count Dooku's. Okay. But she's not actually titled as Sith because originally the Sith Empire, the Sith was a race of people. They were kind of like, they, they were, I think their skin was red. They looked very devilly. But they weren't inherently evil. That's just how they looked. And then the dark side of the Force users tend to gravitate to their home planet. And that's where a lot of uh, the Sith came from. So then it became like an ideology more than a species. Okay. 
And then, like, with um, with that, there was a Sith Empire where there were tons, just like there were tons of Jedi, there were tons of Sith. Um, and eventually there was a huge war, and, it uh, like, pretty much all the Sith were wiped out. And the only one that survived was Darth Bane, and then Darth Bane established the rule of two, where you could have one master, one apprentice. Okay. And then that's what denoted a Sith, that you became your Sith Lord. There's a lot of bylaws. In, in there are a lot of yeah. Sith bylaws, dude. I mean, so so what, what, what are your hopes for this movie? So... Um, my hopes are, uh, that we get, that we get ushered into with new characters, which it looks like they're, they're going to do that. No, no doubt. You're like a torch have, pass. Like a torch pass. I'm really like my, not predictions, but my hopes, like, I hope that, um, Your new hopes. Finn and Ray, I hope that they, they usher in like a new Jedi era. Like I hope they become like new, like the new Luke, Luke and Leia type characters, I don't really think you're going to have like a scoundrel character. I think Oscar Isaac's uh, Poe Denim's char- Poe Denim character, who is the rebel pilot or the resistance pilot, um, I think he is going to hopefully fill somewhat of a Han Solo type role or like a Wedge Antilles role. Um, Kylo Ren, I really hope they don't Darth Maul him. I'd like to, I'd like to see him, even though it's hard for me to look at a- Adam Driver as a badass. I can't. Well, hopefully he keeps the mask on. Yeah. Like I just I um, would like to see him actually be an antagonist through further movies. Mm-hmm. Um just because it would be great to give someone a little bit more weight where it's like, "Hey, this is my initial plan and oh, I may have been defeated, but I have much bigger works coming up." Like like kind of give him like the Loki treatment a little right. bit where it's like, "Oh, this guy's scary and awesome. I need more of him and not just wipe him out first time around." Captain Phasma, I would like to see her kind of kick ass and take names. Oh my like, goodness, yeah, like a super stormtrooper. Like she needs to go and just take out all um, the Lannisters. Like, yeah. <laughs> like kind of like almost like a. I like I like I want to see her be kind of like a Grievous, but like not like in 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 I, one character that comes to mind is General Kale from Willow. Okay, because he was kind of like a supporting henchman character, but he was badass, and that's what I'd like to see out of Phasma. I mean, I want to see someone that has military might, but also can think for themselves. Exactly. So yeah. I think that would be interesting. And I think that's probably what they're setting her up to be because, I mean, you don't get her to play that role without right. some expectation of some humanity to it. You know, yeah. like, I just want to, it's going to be badass. I just like, want a dangerous stormtrooper leader. Like, somebody, like, you always think of stormtroopers as fodder, too. Yeah. But I want, like, one character like her where it's just like, you're like, this, the, you don't want to be stuck. Even if you got a lightsaber, you don't want to be stuck face to face with Phasma. Yeah, you so. think that there had to be somebody out there that's like, oh, I know these these mystical ninja warriors yeah. can do this. I can beat them. You as, know? as far as the legendary characters or the legends, whatever they're calling them, um, like Luke, rumors are floating around he's a bad guy. Some people are saying that he might be just like the uh, the Ben Kenobi type where he's in exile and he's hiding. Yeah, if he's a bad guy, that'd be interesting. That's the big rumor. Yeah. And because he's been kept out of marketing and all this stuff, nobody's seen anything. But that's Abrams, like, that's his 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 uh, calling card. Yeah. Is he always goes to the mystery box. And I, I love it where it's like, here's what's in front of you. I'm not going to tell you what this is, but you can figure out. You can try. You're not going to figure it out. I think the one thing I'm really excited for is the Han and Leia relationship because it doesn't. Lo- it's been rewritten. It doesn't look like it's not what it was in extended like the extended yeah universe. Like the extended universe. They get married. They have a couple kids, and yeah. that's what this doesn't look like. And I'm really curious to see how it pans out. Like, what has Han been doing? Why didn't he stay with Leia? What has Leia been doing? Like Leia definitely. They definitely described Leia as a as a tired leader. 
Yeah. Who has just seen a lot of stuff. And, and she's, <laughs> He's just been out just gallivanting about the universe, yeah. just being a scoundrel. Having fun with Lando. But <laughs> that's, that, that's Wearing what, the same clothes yeah, sometimes, you know, whatever. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So, so I, um, do you think ultimately now, before you even see it, that you could walk away disappointed? Like, like yeah, know, anything's like, possible. Like, screw this. I've never watched Star Wars again. No, I don't think it. that'll happen. I think somebody <laughs> asked me that. They're like, what do you do if it's terrible? I'm like, well, I I still, like, appreciate it and evaluate it, and I would still go see the other two movies. Yeah. So so I, I think the one thing, too, I also want to bring up right before we get to the, the fun bit here. I, it, 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 I'm sorry. You're going to. I was going to say, the one thing, the other one thing I do really hope for is I want to see Leia in some lightsaber action. I want yeah, her, I want her to pop gonna... a saber, and, and she's got, she has the force in her, and I want to see her use it. Okay, I mean that could happen. I mean, if it could happen for Princess Vespa in Spaceballs, where she got Max and would hit her hair, and she turned around, and shot all those guys, so why not? Yeah. Um, I there's something that occurred to me that like right now in the state of the world where it seems like every time you turn on the news, something worse is happening, and there's more reasons for people to be scared and to be hating each other, right? And it's like, and, and I'm not going to get political here or whatever. I feel like right now we're at a point where everyone's just kind of at a point to where like everybody's so divided over everything. I think the reason why star Wars is what we need right now is because no matter where you're at, people can get together and watch this and they can all watch this movie that's set in a galaxy, you know, far, far away a long time ago. And you have clear cut heroes and villains. You have someone to cheer for. You have someone to cheer against and it's okay. You can all can be in the same theater together, regardless of what you think about what's going on in the world. You can get together and enjoy this story and enjoy what's going on. And I think it almost feels like it's it's almost what not not that Star Wars is going to save the world, but I feel like it's that like you know that that um, sigh of relief people can have for a minute right now because it feels like a lot of shit's going on right now that's just everybody's getting spun up and this is a good way not to worry about that. And there's so much that people love about it in a sense that like there's a lot of stories and mythologies where people are like I identify with with hercules but nobody cares about anybody else in the story but hercules it's all about hercules yeah like the skywalker family does take center stage a lot in star wars but at the same time there's like people that love the other characters more than any of the other characters yeah obviously vader's a big fan uh fan uh favorite i love vader um luke has fans uh han chewy my girlfriend likes chewy the most there, like, there's a huge boba fett group out there and yeah. boba fett was just a throwaway character yeah and look at him now. You know, yeah. it's like people will gravitate to so many different characters. And it's like, I think it's that, that like gravitation. My favorite is that one in the canteen with the butt face, with the butt <laughs> mouth. That's my favorite one. Oh, oh, God. What are those? I can't remember what those things are called. Asarians. Are they Asarians? I don't know. I don't know. No, that might be their name. They're not Athorians. Athorians are the hammerhead uh, guys. <laughs> they're not Twi'leks. We know that. Yeah, they're not Twi'leks. <laughs> oh, but anyway. So, um all right, so I'm sure once Joe watches the movie 67,000 times, we'll get we'll both talk to talk about it more then. Um, I know we're not going to talk about it next week. I know because we're going to be probably recording before it comes out. Um, but I, you know, I'll probably the, still talk about it. Like Paul will be like, "We're going to do a podcast today about Mega Man," and I'll be like, "Okay, that's cool." What about that time when Mega Man fought Darth Vader? Yeah, that, right? Joe, that never happened. <laughs> like, so um, to wrap this up here, uh, for, and also, you know, hit us up on Facebook Invasion of the Podcast. Um, let us know, like, you know, if you guys are excited for the new Star Wars, 
Um, if you feel that um, Liam Neeson was talking into a lady's razor or an actual microphone, just let us know those things. So, he was. We, there's yeah. no. Do you think he was? That what they admitted that it, the prop was a damn razor. If you feel like midichlorians is what what keeps your uh, legs silky smooth, <laughs> if that's what you think it is, um, uh, hit us up there. We're also on Twitter uh, at Invading Podcast and, and uh, I'll tell you what, Podcast at Gmail. I think Twitter. Like I've been trying to do Twitter more. If you guys are following us on Twitter, thank you. Shoot it out. Shoot it back out. If you if you like the show, if you just listen to an episode, just I mean, yeah. And big thanks to Cleveland Cinemas and uh, Capital because they. We told them, hey, we talked about your your thing last week, and they tweeted us out. And Super Electric gave us some love too. Like it's, like, we appreciate we, it. We do I appreciate mean, it. I appreciate what they've always done for Absolutely. movies in in our city. So it's nice to get that feeling yeah. as like, like a reciprocal. And, and trust me, Joe and I are both on the Twitter, so it's like like interact with us because I, I I like making random hashtags. I don't know. I just I really enjoy. It doesn't really help us, but I like I making tr- them. I try to find so many useful hashtags. I in do it. too. <laughs> now now you know, like like uh, some of the hashtags then, that come up with make no sense, yeah. but I love them so. <laughs> Um, so to wrap it up here, we've talked about, I think it was like episode one because we did episode zero, episode one. Was Joe, it episode one? Uh, yeah, I think it was episode one. Okay. Um, I know it's called Piece of Sith. I know that's what the name of the episode yeah. is. Uh, Joe put on his, um, his Ask a Sith PR rep hat because he does Moonlight as a PR rep for the Sith, as if you couldn't tell because he was very they talking have, about them. They have a bad rep and somebody's <laughs> got to look out for them. Yeah, so, uh, so I have some questions here. Uh, okay. I want to ask you, and you're gonna, on behalf of the Sith, just right. to try I'm to I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I explained to Paul how public relations works, and he was like, no, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, he's like, I got to know the questions up front. I'm like, that's not how this works. That's how it works. Yeah, you can't live with fear, Joe. You're a That's Sith, why you right? hire publicists. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I just think that you just need to trust the bit and, you know. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, there you go. So uh, can anyone join the Sith? Uh, no, uh, they they don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like any other major sports team. Like, you can't, like, I can't just go, hey, I'm ready to start playing for the Indians. And they'll be like, all right, cool, come on in. Like, I'm going to have to try out. So there are tryouts, essentially. Okay, but can anybody say, hey, I want to try this? And they're like, sure, come on in. Yeah. Okay, so even Gungans could be Sith. Yeah, they could. Yeah, really clumsy Sith? Mm, yeah. No, well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you're going to go through a Sith trial, and the trials are all different depending on whoever is, is training you, but you'll probably die. So <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're clumsy, mm-hmm. I mean, you should be smart enough not to so, go through... By being a PR rep for the Sith, are you a part of the Sith, or are you just like Sith like associated? Where it's like, no, I'm just I couldn't make it, no. but but I, I believe in the cause, but I want to spread the word. No, okay. I didn't. I, um, why does the Sith seem so obsessed with large planet destroying weapons? Like uh, you, it's efficient. How is that efficient? You make one Death Star, yeah. that takes forever to get places. So like if you and spend, also gets blown up all the time. Okay, let's think about this. You have you have money and resources and manpower that you have to do to. To, to cultivate a war. So if you're going to go to war for your galaxy, for a galaxy, you're going to need people, you're going to need ships, you're going to need money. Let's just focus all that efficiently onto one moon. Or <laughs> I mean, some people don't think it's a moon. It's a moon. Um, but some people think it's a space station. Some think it's a space yeah. station. And, and like, think about it the old school way. You go down to the planet's surface, you got your people in their white armor running around <laughs> shooting everybody. That's going to take a long time. Yeah. 
All you do is charge that laser up and kapow, everyone's gone. All your problems are solved. But aren't you wasting resources? Like what in terms resources? Of the planet itself. Like there's natural resources. There's, Lasers don't run out of ammo. Um, like you, also, like wouldn't you want to actually rule over planets and not just destroy them? Well, that's always the great option. But see, that's what you do. You roll up to the door. You'd be like, let me get that planet and its resources or nobody gets it. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> pray that they don't alter the deal further. Um, so <laughs> why do the Sith hate the Jedi? Um, well, see, the, the the Sith hate the Jedi because, like, the Jedi try to trick everybody. They're really just the Sith, too. But they do a really good job of <laughs> pretending not to be. So it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like a jealousy thing. Um, but, you know, people say, oh, well, the Sith are more controlling. I mean, they, they t- took over the galaxy. They have, like, the Empire. I'm um, like, if you think about it, like there's 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 a jedi code and there's a sith code so and the jedi code really has you abstain from a lot of stuff and it basically kind of like makes you a slave to the force okay and the sith believe that you use the force as a tool or a weapon or however it can make you a better person the jedi don't believe that so they're basically kind of like I want to say, I don't want to say stifling, but they're they're kind of holding everybody back, even themselves. <laughs> and it's like, you, you know, you're kind of doing a service by getting rid of the Jedi because the Jedi are just basically going to sit there and just they're they're gonna they're gonna tell everybody. Like, so you're saying they're like the intergalactic fun police, basically. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's a good way to put the, it. Yeah. The next two questions are actually oddly. Uh, uh, they fit very well with what you just said. For, next question. Uh, Jedi seem to be all about weird relationships with girls they shouldn't be with. What's uh-huh. up with that? Because you got like Anakin <sighs> being with like 10, 15 year old older, like, you know, Padme. Yeah, Padme was significantly older. And um, then you got like Luke wanting to get with his sister, though he found out that that wasn't yeah, the case, but kind of was. Shut that down. Yeah. Um, what, that, is it this kind of like a priesthood thing where it's like, hey, you can't do that. Oh, well, I kind of want to do that, but I'm going to express it in the weirdest way possible. No, no, it absolutely is. I mean, they have rules against that because, I mean, you, you can't indulge in, in, in passion and things like that. And and that's a big, a big no-no. You can't no-no. have apples float over to you. And, nope. You, know, yeah, you can't so. feed people apples. <laughs> I mean, being passionate about things is what makes us human. And that's the main thing that the Sith embrace is passion. And the Jedi, and just what I was saying, they, they got to they gotta calm that passion down. You cannot be passionate about another human being. And oddly enough, I think that that that, um, that uh, repressed, I guess you could say, passion doesn't have to be sexual passion, but you could be passionate about sailboats <laughs> or tie fighters or whatever you're passionate about. Okay, but you, as a Jedi, you have to repress it, and I think that that repressed passion or that repressed feeling it gets pent up, and then you start looking at your sister differently. Oh, <laughs> so last question here. So PR related, dark side, light side. Mm-hmm. You know, Pepsi and Coke are almost the same thing. Have you thought about like changing the branding? Because I mean, really, dark side, light side is there, like there really isn't that much difference. It's all about like I don't think it's a dark side, light side thing. Like it's like it's like good, bad, good, evil. It's like Crystal know, Sith. Good. Like, could you think about I, like releasing I something think, like that? I think it's more of more of a color tone. I think it's it's just dimmer, um, and it has nothing. So the Sith are more of a winter, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like um, so it's. I don't really think it has anything to do with being like evil. So then, if if you wouldn't call yourself the dark side, what would you call it then? Like, I don't know. Like, hey, come over to the reasonable that's, side. That's more marketing. I'd have oh, to, but I'd I thought that's part of PR, though. 
It is, but I don't have my whole marketing team. Yeah, you got to talk to to Jim and marketing. We would have to throw a few ideas out, spin the wheel. Dar- Darth Jim, Darth over Jim, Martin marketing. All right, so um, yeah, that that was that was entertaining. If you guys have any questions for for Joe as a, a Sith PR rep, uh, certainly yeah. hit us up. Let us go know on Twitter, Facebook. You can tell him the questions in advance, and then he can answer them on the show. So that way, he feels better about that, as opposed to just being you know. Uh, I did fine. Yeah. I thought I thought we were gonna. I thought you were gonna come at me like all with hard some, like, with like some serious Star Wars like, trivia. I thought like, you were gonna come like hardcore Larry King, like like like, like what happened on Camino? I want to know why all these clones were eradicated. Um, but like in, in minute three of the third movie, like just I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do all that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Any, anyway, we're we're excited for the movie. Um, like next week, um, I, I think we're either going to do. Um, we talked about Tarantino stuff, possibly. Yeah, Tarantino's got or, stuff going on. Maybe this month. Christmas. I don't know if we're going to do jump on Christmas jump stuff. Jump on then. Christmas. I want to give Christmas a little bit more time, like because if we do a Christmas thing, because like we'll probably like be like what the f- the second twenty second. Yeah, I mean, probably it's going to be our, yeah. our one cast. That's probably going to be closer to Christmas. Did you want to do Christmas, or did you want to do Christmas and then best of before the new yeah, year? Yeah, we're going to do best of the year. I don't know. I, I think I feel, feel like we should wait till after the new year. I always feel weird okay. when people are like, best of the year. I'm like, what if somebody sneaks something in on the 31st that we didn't yeah, like know Star about? like Star Wars Force Awakens. What if that's going to be the yeah. thing that like wins everything? But. Um, all right, so yeah, well, I'm sure we'll come up with something, something fun next week. Uh, again, hit us up on all the social media stuff. That'd be a good time. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, do or do not do or or do not. There is no try. No, that's not right. Yeah, do is or it? do not. There okay. is no try. Yeah. Um, and and also remember this. I don't know why, but I just like having that. And do there was someone made a meme once where it was like he just came out and said Twix, and I really <laughs> enjoyed that. I don't know why, but. Oh. Uh, anyway, have a good week, people. Um, we'll see you next time. And um, be safe. Yep.